Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Hallelujah. Welcome to church. So glad you're here this morning. How many came hungry? How many came for a word directly from heaven for your life today? Amen. You're going to get it. I believe so today. I believe it's going to hit home to where we all are. Thank you to those that are tuned in via Facebook Live and those that are listening at another day uh, called podcast. We are so honored that you have tuned in today. As you know, our talks the past couple Sundays have been geared or directed dealing with doubt. Everybody say doubt. Doubting God, doubting his plan, doubting your life, doubting your job, doubting your marriage. Yes, I will talk about it. I said doubting your marriage. Anybody ever been there before? I know. I, I know. I'm not expecting you to raise your hand. But the truth is the truth. The enemy will cause you to doubt the very gift of God that God gave you. Talking to married people. That job that you don't like. That person that bugs you. We would doubt, God, did you really put me in their life? Am I really supposed to make an impact? I don't even know if you're in there, God. Sometimes I see people want to open their mouth and go, hey, God, you in there? <laughs> it's true. We doubt. We doubt his plan. We doubt our life. We, 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 we doubt that things will ever change. Let me tell you something. Things can change. Where, where you see yourself today can change based on what you do with what you hear and what you know. That's why it's important not to fall asleep when the pastor gets up to preach. That's why I tell cute little jokes sometimes to keep you, you know, engaged. Because it's important that, that what goes into you, that deposit that goes into your life and into your spirit, so you can make a withdrawal later in the week. Somebody say, then give it to me. Here it comes. So last week, we talked about, uh, we said that like a storm, doubts roll in. And when they do, that we're to hold on to hope. Some of us, some of you, you're, you're like, yeah, and I'm dangling right on the rear, I almost said rear end. I'm dangling right, right, that wasn't a joke, that's just what I just said. Anyway, dangling right on the end of the rope, and you're just dangling. Hey, guess what? If, if you're dangling, dangle on. He's got you. There's a safety net called the Holy Spirit of God. He will not let you fall, and if you do fall, because you're wiggling too much, because of a lack of trust that he's got you, he'll still catch you when you fall. I believe it. I don't know about you. I've fallen many times because I wiggled when he said, be still. I ran my mouth when he said, shut up. It's, it's, it's wiggle. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Y'all know that, the students. I'm just trying to keep y'all engaged too. If that's a bad song, I don't know. That's the only part I remember. So, anyway. But it's true. Anytime we wiggle because we don't like the way things are going, that's when the enemy says, yeah, you keep wiggling because you can't trust God. What is that? That's called doubt. But we said that we've got to hold on to hope. 
That we have a hope that is an anchor for our soul. What is our soul? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And if, if my mind is not anchored to Christ, my mind will go nuts on me. If my will isn't grounded and anchored to Christ, I will do what I want to do over what is best for me. Because I think that's best, but ultimately it could destroy and hurt me and, 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 and veer me away from the destiny that God has for, our, for my life and your life. Amen? So in this talk today, we're going to be looking at one of the biggest things that attacks and robs us of our hope. It's called adversity. Yeah, one of them weeks. Adversity. I want to speak to you for this, from this subject, understanding adversity. Anybody know anything about adversity? Anybody had any this week? Huh? Adversity. Adversity has no respect for person, what kind of person you are. It doesn't matter if you're a good Christian, if you're halfway there, or if you've just, if you've been real bad. It doesn't matter. Adversity is coming. Nudge your neighbor, say, have you had it yet? And their response should have been yes. Because <laughs> if you're breathing, you've had adversity. Oh, me. Listen, doubting is, doubting is a part of life. Doubting, doubts are going to come. We talked about that last week. And I also talked about how when we doubt, don't, don't let the enemy bombard you and make you feel like you're a bad person because you're having these doubts. Doubts are going to come. But when they do, it's what we do with those doubts. And we talked about d- dismissing them or dismantling them or just dropping the doubts altogether. And, and adversity is the same way. There's no way around adversity. You see, adversity is like doubt. It's going to come. The question is, what are you going to do with it when it comes? Are you going to freak out? Are you going to cuss them out? I was looking for somebody to talk to me. Going to cuss them out? Okay. I, honest in church. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. This is it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Listen. And there's grace for all that. There's his grace for all that. Huh? I'm going to get there. I almost went to the punchline later. I'm going to get there. But he's he, he not alone because we, we all there. We're all there. Listen, this is what I want you to understand and realize. That you can't get to where God is calling you to be without experiencing some tough spots along the way. You cannot get to the promised land without having to go through the desert. You will not get to the promised land without, without coming up on a scene like, like, like the river or, 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 or whatever the adversity is in your life. You're not going to get there without him actually doing something to help you get there. You're not going to get there without him is what I'm trying to say. Adversity is there to stop you. But today, I believe that I'm going to help somebody out. I believe that I'm going to hook you up. Now, some of you have, may have already figured this out. Because when I said adversity, some of you already start thinking about your adversity and your business, and your personal life, the things that are happening. But, but, but I want to enlighten you today. Now, some of you may have already educated yourself and have figured this out because we talk about trials, and we talk about challenges, and we talk about struggles that we have, but sometimes adversity will shock you. It will surprise you because sometimes our struggles and our issues are people. Huh? Come on now. Nudge, nudge your neighbor and say, it's you. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I was just kidding. Some of y'all brought your struggle to church. They next door. No, 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 no. I, I know I was looking for a big amen right there. But 
let's let's go to the book of let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 37 begin with verse 5 this is a story that you're all going to remember his name was Joseph when I say Joseph some of you guys went straight back to Sunday school flannel board with Joseph and the cool coat y'all know I'm talking about Joseph and the colored coat some of y'all like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we're going to get there. We're not going to read the whole thing today. We'll break it up in the next, uh, over this Sunday and next. But let's go there. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5 says, One night, everybody say one night. One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. There's another translation that says they hated him all the more. Or hated him even more. Now, I've read this story, I know, but that last line, I've never really noticed because it didn't say that they hated him because of the dream. It said they hated him even more, which means hate was already in their heart. They already had an issue with him. This is their brothers now. Now, now, now not full brother, this is their stepbrother, but it's still somebody within your family. Has anybody ever faced adversity from someone that is in your family? I'm going to talk real stuff today. This is what you need to know. That whenever you have a God-given dream, it doesn't necessarily have to be leading a pastoring or shepherding in a church or, or the 12 acres that God is giving to us that he's going to bless us with. It, it's not just, it could, be, it could be your business. It could be, it could be uh, something that God put inside of you. Listen to me. Whenever you have been given a, God, a, a God-given dream, you will face opposition. The question is, what do you do when you realize the opposition is people? What do you do when the people that you want to believe in you don't? What do you do when the people that you thought would be the ones to encourage you are actually jealous of you? How do you handle it? Leads me to my first point for the day, and it's this. Write this down. You must realize, what do you do when you face adversity? You must realize in that moment that God is for you. God is for you. Let me just tell you something. If you lose sight of the fact that God is for you, God is, loves you, he's not against you, you will, you will get to a place where you feel like everybody's against you. Nobody's for you. They're out to get me. When you don't remember, when you don't recognize and acknowledge that regardless of what I'm going through, God is for me, you can't move forward. You got to get, get that one. Say, God is for me. Listen, if I'm not confident in the fact that God is for me, I'll get to a place where I'll think my wife's against me, y'all are against me, my family's against me, the people uptown's against me, the other pastors in the the community are against me because they don't talk to me. Listen, if you lose sight of the fact, I'm just talking about my story, I don't know about your story. When you lose sight of the fact that God is for you, why are we worried about everybody else? When God is the the only approval you need is God. I'm not saying that other stuff isn't important, but when you lose sight that God lo- God is for you. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Maybe you feel like you're on a, on a stranded island and the rest of us are just like mirages. Listen, we're all in this thing together. God is for you just like he's for me. And he's not going to start leaving you alone today. Tell the devil, not today. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta say it out loud because the enemy needs to hear you because you're listening to his voice. It may not sound like what, clearly like you're hearing mine, but you entertain those same thoughts. Well, they must be against me. They must not like me. They must be talking about me. Let me tell you something. 
let them talk. God is for you. He is not against you. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, 4 and 5. It'll be up on the screen for you. It says this. But you belong to God. Some of y'all need to just, just highlight that, do, put something in your Bible that you come back to this. But you belong to God. Say, I belong to God. You belong to God, my children. You have already won a victory. Man, we just we sang this this morning. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives excuse me, in the world. And those people belong to the world. So they speak from the world's viewpoint. And the world listens to them. If you've got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, sometimes you need to turn the station. Why are you still sitting there listening to that? If there's something on the radio that I don't like, I turn the dial. If there's a conversation going on that I don't need to be involved in, I remove myself from it. Because what happens is if I don't, then the enemy's going to, like a tape recorder, going to play that. The mind is a powerful thing. And the enemy, the one number one place he attacks is our mind. And if I don't leave that conversation and I get alone, that's when the enemy's going to go, well, if they feel that way about them, what do you think they're thinking about you? It's called adversity. The Bible just is clear. Resist the devil and he'll flee. But sometimes you got to remove yourself. You can't hang out and be playing, let the, let the enemy entertain you. Listen, I got to know that no matter what, that I have, the, I have a heavenly father who loves me. When I can't figure out what's going on, when I can't figure out why this part of my business is, 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 is frustrating me, why is this not? Listen, when I can't figure it out, I've got to be confident that he has already got it figured out. Stop stressing. When I don't know how to deal with it, he's already dealt with it. I'm, ta- I'm talking about adversity. I'm talking about how the enemy brings doubt into our life. When I feel like I've got to fight through something, actually all he's required of me to do is stand. Just stand. Hear me. There are battles that he has won for you that you didn't even know was being fought. You're here today and you're standing on a battleground that you didn't even know there was a fight. Some of y'all are like, no, I knew there was a fight. We was fighting on the way in. Minivan was like rocking and rolling on the way in because there was war going on. The war that's going on for your soul is more than what you see in the natural. In you. Listen, the enemy is coming against your home. He's coming against you because there's a plan, on, plan for your life and a destiny that he is trying to get you to give up on. He can't stop the destiny over your, the enemy can't stop you. The enemy can't stop you, but he can position you and bring adversity to you that gets you to give up on the very thing God is freely giving to you. Hear me today. Don't give up. I'll never forget when Caitlin was, was little. Talking about battles that you didn't even know. I took her to the dam. She's not even going to know any. She's not going to remember this. She was just a little, little girl. And we took her out to the West Point Dam. And, and there was a slide. And there was lots of other kids out there. And there was this one kid that he liked to go up the, the slide backwards. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean he was walking up the stairs backwards. I'm saying he, he climbed. You know how you climb up the step and then turn. I mean, the. the, the, the that was just how I hit the reset button. Sorry. He was going up the slide and then come back down. Well, this time he did. He actually went up the stairs and he was doing that thing where you got the bar and you like swing out and then you, you, like, you miss 
your booty misses half the slide because you like propelled in the air and then land. Well, Caitlin had just went down the slide, and this little buddy, little buddy, I called him little buddy because there was some other things going through my mind because I knew what he was doing. I've been watching him all day. She's at the bottom of the slide, and she's still trying to figure this thing out. You know, when you get stuck and you're trying to slide off the rest of the way, she's trying to do that thing. And I saw a little buddy, and I, and, and I, and I said out of my mouth, hey, little buddy, wait, just wait a little minute. Wait a little minute. And he gave me that look like, you're not my daddy. And he hung up on that thing, and he swung like, what you going to do? I'm, I'm kidding you not. What you going to do? And all I can see is Caitlin down there. As soon as he glided out, and as soon as his little tush hit that, hit that slide, I did what daddies call that snatch and grab. I didn't snatch and grab her. I snatched and grabbed what the enemy was trying to do to destroy her joy. I'll preach anything. Because how many knows that if it would have broke her heart, it would have messed up my joy? But I, would, I kid you not. I snatched her up. She was totally oblivious to what was going on. The Heavenly Father will do the exact same thing for you. When you're trying to get through life, you're just trying to, just trying to scoot through life. You know, you're trying to figure it out. And the enemy tries to bring something on you. And, and what God will do, he'll dispatch an angel. Or he'll actually find somebody in the church who is actually connected to the Father's heart. Who will actually come and do a snatch and grab. And you never even knew. Never even knew. Now, the other part of that story, that, that boy had a daddy who was there, was a whole lot bigger than me. And all that, when, when the little boy started crying because he didn't get to finish his slide, and daddy looked at me, we made eye contact. I said, come on, baby girl, let's go. It's time to go on back to the house. <laughs> Jesus is going to get you, sir, if you come over here. <laughs> you, you don't even remember that, but I'm just telling you. It's called adversity. See, because I could have done, I could have been, I could have, oh, come on. Come on. I got a little something for you back here. Come on. Me and Colt 45. Come on. I knew I'd get somebody in the church to say amen right there. See, it's adversity. When adversity comes, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to rely on the Holy Spirit? Or are you going to rely on your unholy tongue? I got to remember that. I need that. See, half the stuff ain't even in my notes. It's what the Holy Spirit's saying, and he's really not even talking. He may be talking to somebody in the room, but he's actually talking to me right now. When the, when, when the, when the, when the stove gets turned up, are you going to rely on the Holy Spirit or your unholy mouth? That's how I heard it. A lot of times, I tried to, to run that through a filter so I don't offend you, but that's how he just told me. Because I know that if, my, if I'm not anchored to him, I'm going back to the beginning of the message. If I'm not anchored to him... My mouth can get me in trouble. Listen, God is fighting a battle for you right now that you don't even know. Well, how come I'm, how come I'm going through this battle? If there's an unseen battle, what about this one? Well, what I've heard in church all my life is maybe God's mad at me because that's why I'm going through this. Maybe, maybe he's mad at me. Let me, let me, let me. Let me talk to you and just tell you the truth. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. God is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Listen, what you need to understand that God is for you. But you, once you understand that, that point one, that God is for you, the second thing you need to remember is this, that Satan is against you. There is an enemy. 
I say it all the time. Your spouse is not the enemy. Young people, your teacher is not the enemy. Your parents are not the enemy. Your co-workers that you work with are not the enemy. The people inside the church that you have issues with and you can't get it. Listen, they're not the enemy. The enemy is the one who is trying to send adversity to you to destroy the destiny that is on your life. Wake up and stop being a pawn of the enemy. And it's not even that the enemy is against you. It's not even about you. That's how self-centered we are. It's not about me. It's about God. But I'm an easy target because, see, the enemy recognizes that God loves me so much. So the enemy says, if I can, if the only way I'm going to hurt God is if I hurt you. Because he knows how much God loves you. So if he can send adversity to you and hurt you, that's the way he's going to hurt God. I don't know about you because if that little boy would have hurt, hurt, hurt her, it would have hurt daddy. And back then, I wasn't walking exactly like I needed to. So somebody would have got hurt. I don't care if he looked like Greg Michael and he was, you know, 10 feet taller than me. That's because sometimes we engage in battles that we have no business. Everybody's always looking for a fight, looking for a war, looking for a battle. You're going to play around and get... There's a reason why he says, I will fight your battles. And if you choose to step outside of his covering and his protection, he will let you get messed up. We, we are, you're a free moral agent. You can do and say whatever you want to. But just because you can doesn't mean necessarily mean you need to. And I'm learning that every day. Listen, the enemy has learned he cannot stop you, but he can send adversity and trials and doubts to get you and I to give up. He'll use anger. He'll use fear. He'll use frustration. He'll use anxiety. He'll use depression. And, oh, yes, he will use people. All it takes is one person to mess up your beautiful Sunday morning. I'm not even going to church. What's the use? I, I got up and I tried. Remember what I said? It's not, it's no respect to a person's. God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to do the, I'm trying to pay my tithe. I'm trying to have a good attitude. And then you let this happen. So guess what? I'm not going to church. You just let the enemy win. <laughs> Listen, next point. How you handle a trial will determine how God can use it. How you handle it. Adversity will determine how God can use it. Listen, adversity will either propel you forward to the next thing or it will prepare you to take that trial or that test all over again. And again, and again, and again, and again. Y'all thought the Energizer Bunny had a lot of repeat power. The Holy Spirit also has a lot of repeat power. And if I don't learn from the test, I say that I've said this, if I don't learn from it, the enemy will make sure, and God will make sure, that it positions me to take it all over again. And the enemy loves when I, the enemy loves when I lose my mind because he knows I'm, I'm, as long as he can keep me right here, retaking the same test, it's all good. And he didn't have to even lift a finger. It was me. What I want you to understand is this. When God gives you a dream, when God gives you a promise, 
that promise will be tested. Why? Because pressure has a purpose. There is absolutely nothing that has been created that is successful that did not go through the pressure or the trial. Yesterday, they, uh, Tyler and them uh, and Connor hung up a swing that Taryn got us. And, there was, and, and I had went to the church to do some stuff, and I came back, and they said, hey, we, we hung that, um, that hammock chair that Taryn got us, and we hung it. And I was like, oh, well, who climbed the tree? They're like, no, the, the, there was already a rope there. I was, I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, that's the rope that, that Dad put up when Josh was just a little bee thing, and him and Grayson um, used to swing from that uh, on a tire or something. And I'm thinking, Florida heat. Rope, dry rot, somebody finna fall and get hurt. And Tyler's like, no, I, 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 I was already hanging on it, and I already checked it. It's all good. It was one of those nylon ropes or whatever. What'd he do? He tested it to make sure that it could withstand the pressure. Sometimes the things that we go through, God is trying to check to make sure that you can handle the pressure for what is coming called the promise. Listen. Sometimes the pressure will come from the people that we love the most. I don't know who I'm talking to in here, but I've already experienced it myself. People that you thought would actually, that actually were trying to push you along actually became jealous and they wanted to hold you back. And when they couldn't hold you back because the, the enemy can't hold back anything that God is trying to move forward. So then what they do is they, they, they remove themselves from the, from the relationship. Listen, sometimes the pressure will come from the people that you love the most. And, and this is why God allows it. Because if your dream can't survive the pressure from the people that, love, that, that you love, you will never survive the, an enemy who's trying to kill your destiny and destroy your purpose. Basically, I, what I'm saying is this, and you're, you're not even going to believe it when I tell you, that not only will your dream be tested by people, and not only will it be tested by the enemy, but it will also be tested by God. Just because dad and I transitioned in 2020, three months in, you guys know what happened? It was 10 of us in a room and we're, we're doing worship to a camera, hoping that somebody's watching. Just because it was ordained of God didn't mean that it didn't get tested. I could have said, Dad, come back. <laughs> come back. I, I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't prepare for this. None of us did. But when you're confident that God is for you and, and God's got you, what is there to worry about? I, I just feel it. I, I almost, I, as soon as I said that, I saw heads nod, and I feel like there's a deposit. Somebody is grabbing this today. Stop worrying. God has got you. Somebody said, well, I wish you'd stop saying it because I'm not worrying right now. No, but there's an adversity that's just around the corner tomorrow that you need to hear my voice today remind you then that stop worrying. God's got you. Psalms 105, 19. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested, the, the Lord, the Lord, God tested Joseph's character. Listen, sometimes the people you think who are creating a problem for you are actually pushing you towards your destiny. The people that you feel like are actually pushing your buttons are actually trying, it's God using them to Push you towards your destiny. 
See, maybe God is using the pressure to test your character. So like Joseph, when you make it to the palace, you'll be able to handle and fulfill the purpose for which God brought you there for. We're going to get to the end of the story next week. We're going to stay there. Man, where'd time go today? Write this down. God can take you to the top. I've said this all the time. This is nothing new. You've probably heard it before. God can take you to the top, but it is your character that will decide if you stay there or not. God God could, and he did, ordain the transition of dad and I and and where we're going as a ministry. But just so you don't think that I'm up here like a loose cannon just saying whatever I want to say. Listen, God... Even though, even though, even though he he ordained this, my character, if it's not anchored in Christ, can mess this thing up. And there are lives depending on my character. Where God is calling you to go. God is counting on your character to sustain and keep you there. But your character has to be surrendered to Christ. Listen, character is a built-in safety net to protect you from your own success. Can I say that again? Character is a built-in safety net that is put there to protect you from your own success. Oh, you're really going to love me for this. You need... Adversity. I didn't expect anybody to shout me down right there. You need a test. You need a trial. Somebody said, you need to check your notes, B, because that ain't probably what it said. No, you need a test. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't even understand or know anything about deliverance if I haven't been through a disaster myself. See, I remember the name of the church is released. We're called, we're called to reach, restore, and release people. And then to release the, the presence of God and release those that are, that are being held captive. To release those that, are, that need to be delivered from, from, a, from an addiction. Listen, I can't, I can't offer you something and release to you something that I don't understand or that I don't know myself. So how can I be up here saying God can deliver you if I've never experienced deliverance myself? How can I say that God can heal your marriage if he hasn't made ours whole? The enemy has tried for 19 years of marriage to get us off course for where we're standing today. The enemy has been trying since the day you were born to get you off course. And now the work has been cut out for him because you can get text messages from people saying, show up at this party. Did you hear what so-and-so were saying? The other thing that we have an issue with is waiting and having patience for the promise. Can I have 10 minutes? Y'all, y'all, remember, y'all remember before we, ha- how many got a camera on your phone right now? Y'all remember having phones that didn't have a camera? Huh? Well, let's just be real about it. We, it's true. Y'all remember? Do y'all remember what it was like when we didn't have cell phones? 
Y'all remember when we had, when we got the white, y'all remember what a home phone is? The millennials are like, a home what? You remember, a home, yeah, y'all remember, y'all remember home phones? When it had the antenna, when, when, when cordless phones first came out, it had the antenna look like you finna dial in a, a, a missile from Russia? Yeah, and you couldn't get too far from the base because it'd be like, and then they came out with the newer ones and you thought you were really cool as a teenager. You, you go sit in your car. You didn't, there wasn't no, no cell phone, but we had a wireless phone. We'd go sit in the car. We'd park up real close to the house. We'd talk to our friends sitting in the car like we thought we were something. I did, right? We're in the selfie generation. Y'all remember when we didn't, even ha- we didn't even have cameras and we had that 35 millimeter? Remember that? Wasn't nobody taking selfies back then. Why? You know why? Because you couldn't check it. What, what do we do now? Take a picture, selfie, check it. About 35 filters. Make all that. Right? We wasn't, we wasn't holding 35 millimeters back then. Why? Because you waste the film. What would we do? We'd take one picture because you couldn't see it for another two weeks, right? Because you had like 24 shots and you couldn't waste them. And you'd, you'd take one, and you'd take an extra one for a backup, and then you'd wait, you know, five, six days for something else important to come in your life. It's, you know, it'd be like you get pictures from last Christmas. I'm going somewhere with this, by the way. You get pictures from last Christmas, and then what do you do? You take it to the drugstore. You put it in a little box. You, hey, see you later, like five or six days, and you come back, and you're going through them, and you had like two pictures out of 24 that are actually good, and you just trash the rest. But do you know what would happen if I got impatient to see what the pictures look like? And I just popped open the back and pulled the strip out. You know what would happen? Overexposure. There's a process. There's a process. We're not willing to go through the process to get to the promise because we're impatient. I don't know who I'm talking to today. But whoever, you, you, you know the promise is there. We cannot get impatient as a church just because we got... $25,000 sitting in the bank and, 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 and we've already got the down payment for we can't get impatient we got to still trust God even though we know that's ours and we got the money to move we can't get impatient and we can't run around telling everybody you can't go around telling everybody the dream that God has put inside of you because it will cause an overexposure too soon. And the enemy will use the very thing that God is trying to reach other people through you. And it will all just, there's a process. Trust his process. Trust God's process. Everybody say overexposure. Man, there's so much. In closing. I didn't think I had enough because of graduation ceremonies. And but listen, when you face adversity, don't camp out in the adversity. God never meant for you to stay there. Some of you are facing adversity right now. Don't camp out there. Just recognize that God's got you and he's for you. Some of you, I know you're in a trial right now. I know you're going through a hard time right now. Doesn't make sense. Man, Greg, Michael, and Tom and Joe, their testimony today. I didn't know what they were going to share. I just sent a text that God said, you guys were taking the offering. And then he also told me while you were standing there saying this is the first time. And he also said to tell you guys that it's just beginning opportunities 
to share. Greg Michael, stick your head in the door. God wants you to know that it might have been your first time, but he told me while I was standing right there to tell both of you that it's just the beginning of opportunities. And you are enough. And you're qualified. And the sa- Thank you. And the same thing that God did in his life, I mean, just days after being let go of what he was anchored to, he said it, I heard him. At date, God came through with a breakthrough. Because they did not let go of the hope. They did not let go of the rope. He called me that day. Told me. And I said, God's got you. And I'm telling somebody today, God has got you. Listen, trouble drives you and I closer to God. And comfort drives us to a place where we chill. So stop looking for comfort Look for the challenge. Maybe you're here today and you're in a rough spot in your marriage. Maybe you're going through a challenge in your personal life. Questioning your purpose. That's why it's important that you stay connected to the local church. Your finances may be in a challenge. Your marriage may be in a challenge. Your career may be in a challenge. Listen, let me tell you how to, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give you something. This is what you do. And they already said it. I told Cole, I said, I'm going to ask Tom and Joe, can I see her notes? Because she got mine or something. When you're going through a challenge, go feed somebody who can't feed themselves. Go give something to somebody else who can't do for themselves. When you're going through a challenge. That's the, that's the easiest way and the quickest way to mess up the enemy. It just messes up his mind. How, how, how are y'all going to do when y'all can't even do for yourself? I don't know. God's got me. But he called me to reach and touch and share love with people. If it's the last two pennies I got to rub together, I'm going to give them away. I'm going to do in spite of what, what I'm going through. It frustrates the enemy. Last point. Adversity will advance you if you'll let it. Adversity will advance you if you'll let it. God uses adversity to train us. We'll pick up next week at the story of Joseph. Did you get anything out of this today? I just... Because the truth is, life stinks sometimes. We go through things. Adversity happens. But when, I, when, I, when I'm confident that God is for me, and if he is for me, who can be against me? Can I pray for you this morning? As Cole gets ready to come for our building fund, and, and we're going to go home and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, your word is so encouraging. Oh, even though you... Even though, even though peace is a promise, you've said in your word today that adversity, it's a promise. We're going to go through it. So, Father, for every person here, whatever storm they're going through, whatever they're facing right now, God, I ask that you would strengthen their faith, build them up.
Though the weapon may be formed against them, it will not prosper. Though the ground is shaking through instability in our nation, we will not be moved. We trust you. If you're here this morning, I cannot let you go. Last 60 seconds. If you say, Bradley, I I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Will you just pray for me? I want to know that if I was to die today that I would wake up in heaven. All I want to do is lead you in a prayer right where you sit with every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't want to miss this opportunity. If there's somebody here that says, I want to know that, that that I'm saved. If you're here, would you slip up your hand? Anybody in this room? Those watching online or podcast, all you got to do is say this prayer. Father, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that your only son, Jesus, died for me on the cross at Calvary. I believe he conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered the devil. And today I am set free. I want my life to count. I want to live for you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my deliverer. Be my comforter. Be my peace. Be my shield. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.